0: Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum, and I'll be your host, Justin, and we are discussing Marvel Champions, the LCG card game, one year later. We haven't actually done a re-review like this before, so we thought give it a go, especially since when we did our initial Marvel Champions review last year, it was just the core game, nothing was out yet. So let's take a look at the state of the game one year in. Now, everything is like you buy one of, you get everything you need. The hero packs that come out are preset heroes, and they have one of the four aspects in there. They also have three different scenario packs, as well as the campaign box, Rise of the Red Skull. So there's a decent amount of product out now for this game, given that it's only been a year. The releases are about once a month. There was a little bit of delay and changes with everything that happened in 2020 and COVID. But essentially, I think the game is in a pretty healthy state as far as what we have available to us now. So you get the original five heroes in the core box, you get two new ones in the Rise of the Red Skull, which is Hawkeye and Spider Woman, as well as the individual hero packs which were Hulk, Thor, Black Widow, Doctor Strange, Captain America, Miss Marvel, and Ant-Man. With all of those you're looking at a pool of 14 heroes. Each of them can be built with any of the four aspects that are in the game, so you can kind of mix and match. Now, one of the things that I found was interesting that where the game has actually kind of evolved is characters like Spider-1 from The Rise of the Red Skull are able to build with multiple aspects. They have to balance, which changes some of the deck building. So initial impressions, I was still very impressed with Marvel Champions as a kind of throw-down up However, I did have a lot of problems the more and more I played before any new packs showed up. We had five heroes and only three scenarios, nothing else. And until we got the Green Goblin, it was very much tiring of playing the same three Scenarios. even with a little bit of a remix. I had more heroes than I had scenarios and I was starting to have a problem with that. Now we've got more heroes. We're up to 11 scenarios. 12 mid, depending on how you cut Green Goblin because there are two kind of versions you can build. You have the Mutagen formula and you have Risky Business. However you're still fighting Norman Osborn slash Green Goblin so I'm still going to call it 11 different scenarios that are available and that unfortunately counts the five scenarios that are in Rise of the Red Skull individually. Now you can play them as linked or you can play them individually so that is a choice. You can I'm a big fan of that we have more scenarios, and I would like to see a little bit more frequency in the campaign style boxes just to get more scenarios out a little bit faster. We've got some really good heroes, and when you look at a game like this, the first year's already plotted out at the time that the first core drops, so there's not a lot of mobility that Fantasy Flight had to adjust to some of these problems. But they've done a little bit. Some of the initial heroes are good takes on those individual heroes, like Hulk felt like you're playing Hulk. Captain America feels very Captain america However, their obligations were very, very similar, and only when we started seeing Hawkeye, spider wolf and Ant-Man did we start seeing these different game mechanics and different ways of building and I kind of expected that cuz we kind of saw the same thing with Arkham Horror early on all the decks were very much like cookie cutter this is how you build your deck it just was a different flavor of investigator I'm appreciating some of those choices there I like the fact that we are moving towards a more diverse more design space in those and I think in the year 2 of Marvel Champions we're going to get a lot more in that design space Pro or con, this next point I have is a little bit mixed, depending on where you are on the Marvel spectrum. There is a lot of Avengers. Now, this game does not have cycles like Lord of the Rings, L5R, or any of the other LCGs. This is more of a free form, grouped characters that are kind of themed. So we got very Avenger-y hooks. There's almost no one that wasn't an Avenger at some point. And the villains kind of match that a little bit. Green Goblin being kind of the outlier, unless you're familiar with the Dark Reign when he kind of took over, but mostly he's known as a Spider-Man villain. We did get Spider-Man in the box, so it makes sense that we got a Spider-Man villain at some point. I'm going to be more interested in some of the other Spider-Man villains, like a Venom scenario or something of that nature, if and when we get to it. There's a lot in the Marvel Universe to touch, and that's kind of the other issue right now. You can't necessarily have all the awesome characters at all times, but... One thing that we are seeing is with each new hero pack we're getting a shot in the arm of cards for that particular aligned faction. Now now that we've gotten at least a hero pack of each aspect, all the aspect cards have now come into a good flow. There's a lot of choices to make. While the player card pool isn't super deep as the first year of Arkham Belt, because of the four aspects it feels a lot more like Lord of the Rings after the first year. Where each of the aspects definitely has a decent amount of cards to kind of play around with. The standalone scenarios, I do enjoy the standalone scenarios. Green Goblin was fun when it came out. Wrecking Crew offered a unique twist with four different like sub-bosses, opposed to one big boss. I thought that was a fantastic way of changing up the way the game plays, because depending on which one is active versus what they're doing, it made it a fun, different puzzle using the same pieces. And then now we have Once in Future King, which instead of splitting up the villains, can almost split up the heroes with how it works. The Once in Future King is the master of time travel, so you have to kind of deal with all aspects of King throughout history at the same time. So the scenarios are a really big hit changing up some of the original gameplay. Having that variety is amazing. I just wish there were more of them. After the first year of Arkham, there was something like almost 20 scenarios that you could play. Granted, Arkham is very more linear and campaign but you could play any of the individual scenarios as one-shots. And they also had one-shot scenarios. They had about, I think it was 16 investigators after the first year. So I feel while we're at a good spot in the game, there's still more to come and I need more to make it more diverse. Now I'm going to address The Elephant in the Room, Rise of the Red Skull. This one got very mixed reviews on a lot of people because of the way the scenario integrates. There's a little bit of a narrative, and I mean little, that kind of chains them back to forth. There is a comic book that kind of tells you the story as you kind of go through scenario to scenario, and the five scenarios in there do chain, and you can play them individually. And I feel like it was more individually with a way to link them because that's what people really wanted. I'm hoping to see a little bit more narrative depth come up with the Guardians box that will be coming out next year. I have a feeling they should be able to take some of the feedback from the Red Skull and implement that, because people have Arkham to look to, and that's what I think our expectations were closer to when the box came out. I was expecting more Lord of the Rings, and it fell a little short of that. I don't think it fell very far from that, so I think if they dossy up the scenarios in such a way where there's more of a story that is a little bit more predominant, the flow is a little bit better between Session 1, Session 2, Session 3, Session 4, etc. I think that is where it will shine better and I just hope that by doing that it'll alleviate some of that heartache that people had with Rise of the Red Skull. But I don't want them to go so far into the narrative that it doesn't make sense to also be able to just play Red Skull by himself as a one-shot. I think that was one of the things a lot of people with Marvel Champions who like Marvel Champions is that it is one and done games. There's no bookkeeping, there's no narrative that has to be done. If the campaign cards that you upgrade your deck with were a little bit more robust i think the people looking for the campaign would have been happier but again i don't know if that's the true target audience of this particular lcg you want that narrative but you have lord of the rings at arkham that are very highly narrative and definitely recommend either one of those so marvel champions one year later final summary of thoughts i think the game is in a good state I think there is room for more scenarios. i like to see some of the more eclectic villains. They have not officially announced X-Men, but they definitely have said that they are in the pipeline at some point, and it's not necessarily an out-and-out done deal because we are getting X-Men and Mutants in the other Marvel games. In fact, we are getting an X-Men game from Fantasy Flight in 2021. It's not a licensing thing. I think it's more of when they were able to secure it and where it fits into the grants scheme of pipeline i would like to see more player interaction than marvel champions has and that could be some of the heroes combination playing off each other would be really neat to see i would love to see more ally cards to cover up some of those fan favorites that just aren't in the pipeline to get a standalone deck yet spread that love, get that Marvel pool of cast of characters, both good and bad, out there as quickly as possible, I think will be the healthiest thing for the game. I want to see the standalone scenarios evolve and offer new unique challenges because I think that is a wonderful use of their design space, and they're starting to get there with some of the heroes and how they play. If they continue to evolve that, I think the game will be a fantastic thing to pick up, and honestly the way you can pick up this game is way easier than every other LCD out there get the core you get your five heroes you get your first three scenarios you have all your tokens and it is whatever interests you you don't know who the working crew is if you don't like them ignore it same thing with Kang. same thing with green goblin are you a super huge fan of captain america but don't like the hulk don't have to buy the hulk pack so you can prioritize your purchasing strategy based on what interests you and not necessarily this is pack one of the set i have to get them in order I definitely appreciate that they are marketing it the way they are. I think the balance of heroes versus scenarios needs a little work. The variety of heroes needs a little bit more tweaking to make them less cookie cutter with the obligations and things of that nature. But we are getting there, and the game is in a much better place than it was year one. And I did enjoy it year one. I just felt very dry after a while. So I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble on about Marvel Champions and where it is today. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so definitely follow us on our social medias. We are also on Twitch and YouTube where you can watch some unboxings and we'll have more content coming on there so make sure you follow those as well and hit those notification buttons so that you get notified when we are going live or have a new video up. As always, thank you for listening. Happy gaming! You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.